Greetings live music fans, this is Chris. This is Colleen. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Live Fix Radio, the official podcast for concert fans. We have a special show for you guys, and I, I hope you guys have high expectations uh, for this, this particular show. And uh, some of the things we're going to be talking about, uh, one of which is that uh, song that we just heard uh, coming in here is by a band called Tune Yards, and the song is called Power. And Tune Yards will be playing at Pitchfork Festival this weekend, and we have some expectations for uh, for the festival, right, Kyle? Yeah, high expectations. Right, and that's what uh, that's what we're going to be talking about on the show today is expectations. What you know, what the definition of expectation is, and why and how expectations play a huge role in you know concert experiences. We don't we don't just go to shows in a vacuum. You know, we go to shows with. Uh, memories. We go to shows, um, you know, with the people and thoughts. Thoughts, right? All, all these different things they swirl around. Right, emotions, right. all that stuff. I mean, we've looked at that stuff before, and that's what we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna go through the top five uh, expectations that, you know, uh, we kind of put our heads together and said, what are the top five things that concert fans expect at a show? So we have five of those for you in the show a little bit later as we get into that. But uh, first, we're gonna, you know, we got some music news for you, everybody. Everybody likes music news, right? And um, like we always say, it's uh, never, never a dull moment. It's been a, been a busy week again for for live music, uh, live music news. A lot, a lot of crazy things going on at uh, concerts. So, um, and then we're going to uh, we're going to get into some of the artists that are playing at Pitchfork. Uh, again, we're excited to go there. Uh, I've had a chance to talk with the president of uh, Pitchfork, uh, Chris uh, Kesky. I hope I'm pronouncing his name uh, correctly, but I had a good chat with him. I uh, was writing a review uh, preview uh, for Blog Critics and had a chance to talk with him about uh, how far they've come and some of the expectations they have for shows and how they go about uh, making sure that the festivals, you know, exactly the way they want it and you know the way the fans want it and all that kind of stuff so we're going to get into that uh but first uh let's get into some music news um you know here on live fix we uh we talk about addiction you know and it's uh, it's a real thing you know it's a uh, it's it's a honest struggle and there's a news story that uh, came out uh, on monday about uh, mike todd the bassist for coheed and cambria um, the story goes like this, is that uh, they were opening up for Soundgarden in Massachusetts, and apparently, uh, according to you know the reports, uh, Mike Todd went into a Walgreens pharmacy and had a, um, uh, had a cell phone, and he had a note written on the cell phone, and he wrote a note that said, I have a bomb, and handed it to the, you know, to the pharmacist, and you know, said, so "Give me a certain amount of oxycotton uh, pills." You know, with uh, with that. So uh, he got the pills, and you people know, do a lot of things for addiction. Yeah, yeah. You know, they do I a mean, lot of things to actively um, use and actively um, get drugs. Yeah, yeah. And all this happened before the show, so they're getting ready to play the show. Mike Todd catches a catches a cab. To a local Walgreens pharmacy, and decides to hold the place up, you know. And he jumps back in the cab, goes back over to the venue, and the people at the Walgreens, you know, the pharmacist, whoever was watching it, got the number of the cab, 
called ahead to the venue. So the, by, by the time he got to the venue, he was, uh, you know, arrested and, you know, booked, I believe, on $10,000 uh, bond. Um, and they're uh, currently bail. on tour. So this is going yeah, on they, when he was on tour. Yeah, this, is, this all happened before a show. You know, he, he had to get his, you know, his, uh, his fix there. And, you know, we've... Uh, you know, we've reported on this kind of stuff before. You know, we went to South by Southwest. We sat in on a um, on addiction panel. You know, we had a, I don't know what is it about basis, but there was a, the basis for Alzamalte was also you know on the panel there, and he talked about his addiction and and how you know some of his pre-show how it took him to some know. bad areas, yeah, the cities that he went to, and yeah. um, how his band was actually affected by it. Right, right, and one of the things that that, that was Kind of interesting to me that that uh, Will Will said he's the basis for Alzamati is that he uses the drugs you know to cope with the emotions you know and once he got off of them you know he actually had a better better live experience so that's a, that was the kind of thing I was thinking about when you know I heard this story about Mike Todd I was like well you know what's he like you know what's what's his experience like is it similar to uh, to Will's you know is it similar to other artists things like that. And then what about the fans? You know, uh, I, 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 I hate to hate to say to bet, to bet on this, but you know, live music. I, I bet we go to a lot of shows where, you know, there's drugs. You know, the artists are taking drugs. They're high. You know, and you know it's and sometimes they will the performance. They'll talk about it right on stage. Yeah. Um, we saw Snoop Dogg um, in concert at. Oh yeah, Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah. I believe that was Rothbury. Rothbury, yeah. So I'm at Rothbury, and he was proceeding to use drugs on on stage. Yeah, a lot, so a lot some of the artists, artists will do it, at, yeah. you know, while they're performing live. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's sad. It it really breaks my heart to to hear these kind of stories. You know, Mike Todd's stories. So you know what we've done on Live Fix, we wrote a post about it. So if you go to go to the show notes for this for this post, we'll have a, we'll have a link there, and we have links. Uh, to uh, an organization who was hosting, we uh, came across the organization called Music Cares. Um, they're with the uh, with the um, the Grammy Foundation. So you can go to the blog and uh, livefixblog.com. You can find links uh, to that. So because we we never just want to report on these things. You know we're really um, you know we really want to help. You know help help the artists and you know if you you know somebody who's addicted to prescription pills and you know, an artist or somebody who you know is a music fellow music fan who's you know has these addictions. We have uh, some links and some uh, some helpful resources for you, you know, with uh, with that. But uh, again, we I, I hope that Mike Todd get back get, gets back in the band because on that show they actually he did not play and they got someone in, in the blink of an eye to re, you know to replace him right away and they kept on playing, kept on touring, you know, with that. So uh, we'll continue to follow that story and see see what happens uh, with. You know, with Mike Todd, and uh, uh, we'll keep you guys, you know, updated, uh, updated on that. So, um, speaking of odd stories, uh, there's a band playing at Pitchfork this year called Odd Future. Uh, the full name is Odd Future Wolfgang Kill Them All, and they're causing a little bit of controversy. And you know, they're a rap group out of Southern California, and they're uh, they're uh, you know a rap collective, and they're fronted by um, a guy named Tyler the Creator. Colleen, I played you a couple tracks of uh, Tyler, the creator. What, what, what do you think of? What do you think of it? Good, good, very interesting, very uh-huh. different um, sound. Yeah. To them, um, I don't. 
I, I don't know that I would, you know, I'm a big fan, but I know we don't always agree on our music taste, so. Right, right. And I think, uh, you know, I'm listening to Tyler, the Creator, and I'm thinking of Eminem, Marshall Mathers EP, you know, things like that. And I'm excited to see, you know, I have, you know, I wouldn't say high expectations, but I have very interested expectations to see how Odd Future does their live show, you know, and how good of performers they are, or are they just kind of curators of chaos, you know, and do they just kind of have those, you know, the, the craziness going on, and are they really performing or just putting on Is a show? Is it sort of a um, shock factor? Oh, You know, are they yeah. trying to just be, you know... Pitchfork is notorious for having bands that are shock factor bands. Shock factor bands. Uh, it just, it, really? there's, there's a few bands that we've seen that are completely off the wall and just try to be, I believe, shock factor. Uh, okay. Uh, King. Oh, King Khan and the Shrines. King Khan, we, oh, we saw oh, yeah, there. That's right. Which was, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah an eye opening little, experience for me. Uh, yeah. For sure. He was a fun one to watch. Yeah, he had his little loincloth on, basically, right? And. Kind of shaking that out. I think he was throwing dollar bills or something, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was throwing dollar bills into the crowd. So, yeah, Pitchfork is uh, it's a fun, fun time. It's it's a nice size festival. You got three stages. You got these different areas going on. We'll get into that in, in just a in just a moment. But um, Odd Future, the story with them is that you know they sing a lot about uh, rape and violence and misogyny, you know, and violence toward women and all these types of things and. There's actually some organizations that are there that are, quote unquote, protesting against Pitchfork, including Odd Future, on uh, on the bill. When Pitchfork has been kind of, you know, casted as a, you know, portrayed as a um, uh, you know, community, uh, you know, promoting, you know, sustainability and things like that, and to have a band like Odd Future that is clearly, you know, a, a band that's out to shock you know, out to just cause chaos, you know, and kind of poke fun. There's a lot of funniness to them, obviously, too. You know, they're they're really crazy and kind of zany and all that kind of stuff. So, but um, there's been some couple reports uh, in local newspapers here in Chicago about local organizations being on hand there, uh, more uh, higher profile than usual to kind of combat, you know, or... That will definitely you know, change my live music experiences. Yeah. Definitely add to <laughs> what do you mean experiences I already have just because I've never seen a protest at a live show before, yeah. um, and, and it, so it will be. Very I don't know what they mean by protest. I, mean, I don't know if it's going to right. Be like it may be real, one person. It may be right. They're going to be handing out pamphlets and you know stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. I think uh, you know it's definitely piqued my interest to see uh, Odd Future just as a band to see see what they do because they played South by Southwest. We didn't get a chance to see them while while we were down there, but. You know, people are buzzing about them, and, you know, they're, they're definitely, you know, a band that's capturing kind of a, an ethos of a, you know, of a generation, you know, a younger generation that um, all the members in the band are, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old. They're young, and they're, they're crazy, and, you know, they're, they're doing their thing, you know, and their, their fans are relating and identifying with that. So it'd be interesting to see how that, you know, how that uh, unfolds on stage, so... Kind of interesting. And then uh, the next piece here involves uh, Dave Grohl, the Foo Fighters. Uh, Colleen, you turned me on to this, this story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what, what, well, what he, you found? You know, the, um, from Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. Grohl. Yeah. Um, he actually 
um, at his live, last live, one of his last live shows that he's had recently on tour. The iTunes Festival. The iTunes Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually yelled at fans, <laughs> yeah. uh, which yeah. is yeah. very it was, odd. It and, was bizarre. I mean, I don't know that I've ever, I think I've seen that one other time, um, and that was actually at the Wu-Tang Oh yeah, um, experience that we had. I remember that one. And um, and, but since then, I, that was pretty much stage. Um, you know, the Wu Tang. I'm still wondering about that. Uh, yeah. It appeared staged because yeah. there seemed to be. <laughs> well, you were you were dodging people who were prepared and and kind of in place for um, a little mini riot in the front row. Yeah, while well, you um, were dodging Hennessy bottles right, right. in the photo pit. Right. It was, it was a fun. pretty dangerous experience. But, oh, man. Um, but this experience is very different because he two guys are fighting um, in the crowd, and he stops the whole show, yeah. reprimands the two guys, and, and it appears Cusses he kicks out. one of them out. Cusses them out, too. You know, there's, right. the, the video is, you showed me, it was, you know, it's, you think you're effing a-hole, you know, and he's, he's going at him. He's ripping him a new hole, basically. You know, and he's saying, don't, you don't come to my show, you don't fight. Don't fight at my show. This show is, you know, you don't uh, you don't fight. You dance at my show, a hole. You know that's what he. <laughs> yeah, he basically you know? became a disciplinarian. You know, uh, six yeah. seconds. Yeah. So or, or a minute of the footage that's out there. I mean, he basically became this almost like a security guard. You know, yelling at people and. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, I I don't think I don't think I ever thought that a live um, band would ever or an artist would ever be yelling at the fans and kicking them out of their own show. Now, if you've got, a, you know, a thousand fans, you could do that. Right. You know, but yeah. you've got a small venue, you could really start a riot. Yeah, if you got, you know, if you got five fans in there, you don't want to, you don't want to kick three of them out because you only got two left. Right. <laughs> right. And unfortunately, with, you know, iPhones and, and all that kind of stuff right now, smartphones... All this is on video. So it's all, it's all being captured. Anything you're doing or saying as an artist on stage, you know, or as a fan, I think there's many videos of fans that are um, on YouTube. I mean, this stuff's published. Yeah. And it's out yeah, there. I mean, and it's I, all over the web. Within that, I mean, by that night of that happening, it was out there. It was viral. viral. It was out there. You can't take that back. Yeah. What's interesting about this uh, this particular story is that uh, it was part of the iTunes Festival, and we've been following that on Live Fix because it's kind of an ongoing experiment we've been doing with the virtual concert experience. I've been paying attention to the iTunes Festival. I've been watching the the concerts on my uh, my iPod uh, Touch, and kind of seeing what they're like. You know, they have different um, perspectives, different camera angles, and things like that. And this particular this Dave Grohl Foo Fighters incident was one of the shows that took place on July 11th. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch that entire show all the way through. Uh, the reason I'm interested to do so is I want to see if that was um, taken out of there. Because these iTunes festivals, they're not live. They're, they're taped and then they're downloaded onto this iPhone app that you can uh, watch. You know, Adele, uh, Foo Fighters, you know, um, Coldplay. Um, who else? Uh, who's the the guys that? Uh, anyways, there's a lot of bands that you can watch. 
you know, uh, on this. And I'm curious to see if that incident where he's cussing those guys out and kicking the fans out of the out of the place. I mean, he really goes in. He really lays into them, you know, and everybody starts to cheer and they're like, "Yeah, get rid of the get rid of the nasty guy, you know, nasty fan, get him out of here," you know. So we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on that one, and we're gonna see if uh, if that particular incident is included in there. But um, if you guys have seen that video. Uh, let, let us know what you think of that. You know, we want to see. Have you guys? If, if you've ever been at a show where where an artist has has done that, you know, it's it's something we we'd like to hear what you guys you know think about it. I thought about a punk show because I've been to, I've been to punk rock shows before where you know the the band will pick a fight with with the guys. And the, you know, the Sex Pistols were notorious for that. You know, some of these other punk punk bands they'll pick fights with their with their fans. You know, they'll go out into the stage. Uh, what's his name? Um, ben Weasel from Screeching Weasel at uh, South by Southwest. He actually got in a fight with uh, with the guy, you know, and punched punched a girl out. Girl was talking smack to him. We punched him out. So these kind of things happen all the time. So if you guys have experienced that, we like to hear about it and kind of hear uh, you know what that was like for you. So, but if you're thinking about fighting at a Dave Grohl concert, or Foo Fighters concert, uh, don't do it because they'll probably you know. He'll go after you. As a fan, you don't want to make the artist mad because <laughs> it just takes up time from the no, show. You don't. You know, it right. takes up time from the show, and he spent a lot of time reprimanding this guy. So, um, you know, Chris is right. If you go to Foo Fighters show, do not be careful. Be careful. Yeah, dance, don't fight. That's what Dave Grohl said. He said, "You don't come to Foo Fighters show to fight. You come to a to show to dance, a hole." <laughs> That's what, that's what he said. It's, it's really funny. Well, uh, we'll have a link to that to that video on the blog at lifefixblog.com. You guys can go all the get all the good fun show notes and all that stuff. So um, next we have someone that we featured before in the podcast, and she, uh, you know, she knows how to pl- she knows how to do live music. And apparently, uh, Colleen, this is another one that um, you've been kind of following and researching. I didn't have a chance to see this, you know, when it when it went, when it aired. We don't have HBO, you know. We're once the Sopranos went away, we got rid of HBO, basically, right? It's like pff, whatever. But what, what 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 did Lady Gaga do? Tell tell us. Well, Lady Gaga actually helped um, boost the HBO staggering tallies. So HBO hasn't been doing so well, you know. And I think it is partly because some of the best shows are just no longer right. there, and they haven't come up with anything new. But she's been boosting the ratings. Um, with her concert special, she had the Monster Ball Tour at Madison Square Garden. Did you um, ever see that? I did not see it. Oh. Uh, I have a couple of friends who told me about it. I guess it was, um, there were parts of it that were pretty emotional. There were parts of, them were parts of it that were pretty sad and exciting. Um, we'll have to get a chance. Maybe we'll try to watch that and talk about it on one of the shows. But yeah. um, it's supposed to capture a pretty authentic version of Lady Gaga. Hmm. Without the makeup, without the fashion, without oh, the glasses. Really? So it's supposed to be like different than her live show, where we saw Lollapalooza? Because that was, that was freaking awesome. It's actually... I mean, she's a great live performer. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's actually behind the scenes stuff. Oh, it's it not is. just okay. her live music, but there's interviews and things behind the, the stage. You know, um, they're also, I believe they also interview um, dancers, too, that are part of her tour. Dancers, really? Yeah, so they interview all kinds of... And she actually was not... She snagged five nominations, including variety, music, comedy, special, 
Um, yeah, which is actually just um, is the only other competition that she's against is the Bette Miller's HBO music special. Bette Miller. Well, she's a, yeah, she's, she's still fighting, around. Yeah, she's fighting wow. with Bette Miller. Um, Lady Gaga she, and Bette Miller are are, are going at it going for <laughs> nominations. Head head. Uh, wow. So she she may she actually may win some nominations from HBO and. You know, Go Lady back. Gaga, I don't think has, I mean, she just, she's been winning a lot and just been, this has been her year. She's, I mean, this I, year and last I year has been her year. I think she's cloned. That's my theory. She's cloned. There's more than one Lady Gaga because there's no way it's that It's very she possible. Could. There's a lot of there's, people there's who just... think artists are cloned. <laughs> you know, um, this guy who couldn't show up for his um, concert that was seeking, you know, the drugs that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. He had someone right in hand that just jumped right in, right? A bassist that yeah, that just jumped right in. I mean, Dial I, I base, wouldn't call you know? that a clone, but heck, there's someone on hand if uh, something goes wrong with some of these artists. Now, I don't know if you can re- recreate Lady Gaga, but some of her fashion can cover up her identity. So it's possible she's got a few out there. It's possible. Yeah, if they're making meat dresses and little glowing eggs, I mean, man. It's I possible. Could... <laughs> they can make uh, another Lady Gaga. Right? She does appear to be everywhere, and uh, yeah, and she's she just gets like around, so. she. She reminds me of you know uh, like Anderson Cooper. He's every. He's one of those people that's everywhere. And Dr. Drew, he's like everywhere. Like I, I just think that these people are cloned. You know, so maybe maybe they're all going to do a tour together or something. And like I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm well, right, when you know. don't, I mean, when you tape stuff <laughs> like some of these guys tape. They can tape, you know, a bunch of shows in one day, and it gets spread out. So you might, might there might be just a lot of taping going on, and you're feeling like it's why, are you, why are you tearing away my theory, man? Well, I'm just I'm trying to punch Gosh. holes in it a little bit. Uh, I'll be I guess, honest. I guess that's why you're here, right? I guess. Here to punch holes. There has to be skeptics in the world. Yes. What would the skeptics? What would we do without skeptics? So, speaking of skeptics, now it's time to talk. About uh, we're we're done with music news. That, that that was it, everybody. And again, you can get all all, all the all the stuff that you want uh, on on the blog. We'll have all the, all the show notes for you, where you can see everything you want. Now it's time to talk about Pitchfork. Three days in Chicago, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Over thirty bands, independent emerging music. What what are you looking forward to, Colleen? Since we're going to be talking about expectations here, you know, we, we've been to Pitchfork uh, several times. Uh, it's a great, great festival. Um, definitely, you know, talking about value for, for the ticket, all kind of stuff. But what are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking for the band I don't know about. I'm looking for, yet at least. Um, I'm looking for a band that I don't know about, I haven't heard. Um, I don't get a chance before I go to a, a festival to check every band out and to listen mm-hmm. to their music. Um, I just so you're going don't get... to explore. So discover. I'm going to discover some new hmm. new music. Um, my first or second year um, at the Pitchfork Festival, I actually discovered uh, Bonaver. Mm. Um, they were not a no one really knew. I mean, that was like when they first yeah um, first kind of came out, um, and then Fleet Foxes, and I've also got an opportunity to see Vampire Weekend, and those were bands that like. Wow, I mean, they just, they, I jumped on them and really got a chance to experience their music live. And then I 
was able to go home and, and get the music. I remember yeah. watching you. I was watching you watch them, and I, that's it was pretty amazing to. to and not to, only to did I get of, to see them, yeah. but I got to photograph them. Yeah, which is you know two just. I mean, I was um, I was just in great awe. Um, to see some great bands and get the opportunity to um, to photograph them and that image is forever uh, in my mind and on you know in, in my pictures so yeah yeah you've actually caught uh, one a, a very rare picture of uh, Justin Vernon I did yeah, of, I, uh, yeah. T- tell tell us tell us a little bit about the picture that you took you know of him because it's a really popular uh, picture that um, a lot of people search for it and a lot of people come to live fix. Uh, because they're searching for this picture that was taken at at Pitchfork, uh, uh, Colleen snapped a picture of the back of Justin Vernon's neck, and there's a tattoo on there. Well, what had happened was that he um, was playing the guitar, just an acoustic set with him, uh, and he had turned around real quick to get another guitar. And when yeah. he turned around, um, I could see that he had... Um, on the he had a tattoo on his neck, you know, on the back of his kind of his back, and it said that was then. Uh-huh. I don't know that I still understand what that means, but man, a lot of people are interested in it. I get a lot of comments about it. Um, if you Google, um, or you could check out my Flickr, Colleen Catania Photography, or Flickr um, stream. Um, you can also. Uh, go to Live Fix and 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 find it there. It's, yeah, it was titled, a it was um, actually a, a that that picture that she took uh, inspired me to write a post about the little things of shows because a lot of times we go to these sh- we go to these shows like this Pitchfork or any kind of concert and you know the 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 macro the big broad strokes of the show are are really you know like a mosaic made up of little tiny moments just like that you know and and our eyes and our our sensory pick up on those things that maybe are unconscious or, you know, a uh, uh, sub-level sensory type of things that we, all this absorbs into the, into the big concert experience. And that was then was one of those things that kind of got me thinking about that, you know, about the, the, the little things. You know, I used, to, I used to play baseball and used to always say that baseball is a game of little things, a game of inches. So it kind of made me think about live music is the same way. You know, it's not about the big riff a lot of times. It's about those little interactions between the bands, the little things that happen between the fans and the crowd, all that kind of stuff, you know? And, I, and I'm just curious if we have any Bonaventure fans, um, if, uh, if you guys know what that was then means, please uh, message us or um, Twitter me, you know, just um, please tell me uh, what that means because I've never really quite figured it out. Um, I don't know if that's – I have not heard it in any of his lyrics um, maybe he's the only one that knows, but I'd love to hear a good guess that you have about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know. You, you got some inside uh, intel. Uh, send us, uh, send us along. There's also also some good comments on that blog post. The little things. Uh, if you search Bonaventure tattoo, you'll come across Lifefix blog. Uh, look in the comments because there's some really good conversations about some of the things that people have seen at his shows, and he has some other tattoos. And some other artists, we, we've looked at Nas, we looked at all these other guys you know, with that. But a lot of this started at Pitchfork when Colleen took that picture. And it's kind of grown into this like ongoing experiment that's really amazing to see what people are you know, entranced about, the tattoos on artists. You know, it all, it all started, that, that started at Pitchfork. Um, I would say tattoos are very popular. People like to, to see tattoos that artists have and also jewelry. Mm-hmm. 
Jewelry is also another thing that people, you know, will Google and look for. What kind of jewelry did um, I have? Um, a John Mayer picture that I had shot, and he's got it was right around when he had that Jennifer Aniston relationship, and he um, had I mean a watch that probably was you know thousands and thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. You know, and people will they focus on that stuff. They want to know. They're curious. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's uh, really fantastic. And in a place like Pitchfork, you know, at Union Park, it's a it's a great place to see a show. You get the skyline of Chicago, or you know, in, in kind of a backdrop of uh, of the area. It's going to be pretty hot this weekend, is what is what I hear. It's going to be kind of a uh, a little bit of a warm uh, a warm festival in the hundreds, I guess, or something with the heat index, whatever. So if you're heading out there, make sure you drink a lot of water and. Uh, They'll, they'll probably be giving away free water again. They did that last year when they were handing out water to the people in the front row. People were getting crushed, so they started you know, handing out water bottles, uh, free water. So, uh, But in any case, um, some other bands. You know, We talked about Odd Future that's going to be there, a really interesting band, uh, You know, guys that you know, curious to see. And then Tune Yards. Um, Meryl Gibbard of, uh, of Tune Yards has um, – I'm just totally geeked out and like – amazed at this album it's called who kill and i've been listening to this album over and over and over again i think it's it's definitely going to be one of my favorite of, of 2011 and i you know we're, we're going to be talking about expectations in just a little bit here and i've been you know kind of thinking about how many times i've played this album and played certain songs over and over again that i'm starting to develop you know certain level of expectations and that's kind of what led us to think about this for that show. I'm like, well, you know, I've watched some videos of her, you know, of her in the band, you know, on on stage, and I just I just love her performance, you know, and the way that she sings and kind of uses loop pedals and goes in between this like mix of Prince, Sam Cooke, and Captain Beefheart, you know, and like Afro pop and rock and like experimental stuff. It's really it's got melody, it's got you know like emotion, and it's just. Um, I can't get enough of it, and I've been thinking about all these different emotions. What, how, like, how is that going to feel like when tomorrow, four thirty-five, she goes on, her band goes on stage? Like, how's that going to, you know, how's all these expectations going to, going to, you know, impact that show? So, we'll uh, we'll be sure to share all that stuff with you. So, Tune Yards is one. And then Battles is playing. Colin, we saw oh, Battles. We did, we did see Battles. Remember before. Battles last year? They were year? pretty good. They were last, very good musicians. Not last year, two years ago. Maybe they're very good musicians. They worked very well together. Yeah. Um, they seem to just just play very tight. There, they call they they call them math rockers because they're very precise. Like they play their music. Uh, it's prog rock, but it's very precise. What do they call themselves? Uh, the, the the genre that rock critics call them is math rock. Oh, okay. Because it's very calculated. And it's very, uh, very precise. There's a, you know, a formula that that they play on where it's very precise. So, but anyways, these rock critic terms are really kind of silly sometimes because, you know, math rock. What, what does that mean? They're doing equations while they're playing. It's you know, kind of stupid, but they they do that because that's the way that they're the style of music they play. It's precise. But uh, battles is awesome. They, um, my, my jaw is still is still, you know, has some scars on it because it fell on the ground or whatever when they played but they're playing again they have a new album out called glass drop and um we featured them on on live fix before so looking forward to to them uh you mentioned fleet foxes is playing uh they're actually headlining saturday night 
Okay. So yeah, they have a new album out, so I'm, I'm helpless, excited to hear Helplessness Blues. Yeah, I'm excited to hear some of the new tunes and some of the new stuff that they have. They've got a bigger fan base, so I'm excited to just experience. Last time I saw them, um, there was a good crowd, but it wasn't um, it wasn't as popular. They weren't as popular when we saw them. So now I hope that yeah, you know, there's they're even more popular. It's, it's going to become an experience, not just you know just listening, but you're going to see kind of how the crowd. Um, interacts with them. Yeah, and what's amazing about Pitchfork is that, you know, it's emerging music, and in most cases, you know, the, the bands that play Pitchfork usually go on to Lollapalooza. They graduate to Lollapalooza. That happened with with um, Vampire Weekend, Fleet Foxes, uh, Lady Sovereign. You know, they kind of went on. Uh, Girl Talk, you know, went on to play these, you know, play Pitchfork and then moved on to the mainstream, the big stages at, at Lollapalooza. So, uh, these bands that will be playing over this weekend, you know, it really, you know, they they are the future of a lot of them are the future of music, you know, with that. So you get a chance to see them, you know, at a pretty decent price at a really nice, you know, nice festival. Um, one of the other bands too that uh, we encourage you guys to check out is uh, TV on the Radio. Uh, TV on the Radio is kind of, you know, they're they're a band that you know they've been around for uh, for, for a while, and uh, sad story is that their bassist Ger- uh, Gerald Smith uh, recently uh, passed away dur- uh, due to cancer. And we actually saw them in South by Southwest. Uh, first time we saw them, saw them for a couple uh, couple uh, songs at the uh, the Mohawk. It was a Moog, uh, Mog uh, party there, and amazing that you know they played a couple tracks from uh, previous albums, old albums, and man, do they! They know how to put on a show. I mean, the minute they hit the chord, hit the drum, and the horn started blowing, it was just like, you know, there, there was like a, a pulse of energy that went through the crowd. Like everybody was like one, and it was just amazing. It was hard, hard to pull my pull ourselves away from that from that show. So we're excited to finally go back, and we're going to see them on Sunday night at at, uh, at Pitchfork. So, till um, so TV on the radio, and then. The last thing, or a couple, couple, couple more things here about Pitchfork before we get into um, uh, the whole expectations thing, is that last year we did we did a mobile experiment. We're probably gonna do, we're probably gonna do another one. But what we did is there's a uh, if you have an Android app or if you have an iPhone four or or, or higher, uh, there's an app called Layer, and there's a uh, a layer. It's basically an augmented reality. It's kind of like um, you know, you, you, you hold your, your, your phone out, you know, like you're taking a picture and you look on the screen and the way that there's, uh, there's um, things that have been drawn in uh, Google Maps so that when you hold your picture up, uh, it's 3D and you can kind of see the things through the camera kind of floating as if they're floating out in front of you. So there's an, there's an app called Tweeps Around and I was able to connect uh, during last year's um, festival connected the LCD sound system show with Tom Petty that was going on a couple blocks away. So kind of interesting thing to take all those concerts together, use a mobile app to interact with fans. And I was tweeting with fans over at the United Center, which was like a couple couple blocks away, and then getting to see what fans were feeling and experiencing in the front row at LCD sound system and kind of making this triad of like fan experience. So it was kind of interesting to, to use mobile phones. You know, That's a good that, way to meet fans. In that you way. know, you meet each other. If there's a band that you like, yeah. you know, meeting someone new. 
Yeah, yeah. It's called Tweeps Around. We'll have we'll have a link to uh, to that app, and we did a whole review, and I kind of took took you guys through kind of how I used it and how I use it at shows a lot to uh, to do experiments because a lot of times you don't get a chance to talk with fans. But the beauty of social media and things like Twitter and like augmented reality and mobile apps, all kind of stuff, is that you're you're just a couple clicks and you know uh, taps away from being able to interact with a fellow fan, you know, and share an experience, connect with somebody, find a new concert buddy, or go, hey, you know, wow, I was feeling that too. That person was feeling that. And you got you have that connection. So that's the beauty of mobile apps and social media. One of the things that you can do at a show. So we'll have links to all that kind of stuff uh, on the blog, on the show notes, where you guys can learn about layer and and all that uh, tweeps around 3D, all that kind of stuff. So um, the last thing too is that uh, we had had a chance to to talk with the president of uh, of Pitchfork, uh, Chris Kitsky, and said some, some very interesting things. Uh, we'll have a link to to that interview. What's one thing that he said that's going to change your live music experience at Pitchfork? Um, well, he seemed to he seemed to downplay the fact that Pitchfork, to me, like I'm really amazed at how well they have that honed. Like they've honed in on the festival experience. Like you just, you know, they have everything down to to a science. Is what I said to him in the interview. I said, "You guys are really impressed with that." And he goes, "Oh yeah, you know, it was kind of, you know, he kind of downplayed it. You know, kind of a kind of a humble guy." Um, but he's really focused on, you know, on the fans, you know, on, on making sure that, you know, the price is right, which I think they, they have a decent price that, uh, you know, um, like 120 for three day festival pass, uh, $90 for, or not $90, um, 60 bucks, I think for a three day pass. No, I'm getting that wrong. Sorry, but it's, they have a good, it's a good value for that. And he was really really amazed at that and I think that um, you know he took a lot of pride in that and he shared some live music experiences uh, himself and one of the things that he loves as a person who puts in festivals you know he they actually go to other festivals and I asked him you know what's it like for someone who you know who's a promoter you know and a, a, a you know a concert creator what do you guys look for you know and he said that well he really closely watches fan behavior at at the shows like he watches, you know, when he's at when he goes to Lollapalooza or he goes to other other festivals, they really intently watch what fans like, what they do, what they don't, and they take those learnings and they bring them back to Pitchfork and they say, "This is what fans want." You know, how can we do this? Because they they have a really small place to work with uh, in Union Park. They don't have the luxuries of Bonnaroo. You know, he said he really loved Bonnaroo. He'd love to have a carnival kind of atmosphere, but that's just not pitchfork. That's not what they can do with that area. So they've really maximized that space really well, and he's just really proud of that. And you know, he had some interesting things to say about Pitchfork's expansion to Paris uh, this year. They're having a Pitchfork Festival in Paris, France. You know, and he had some experience there. So we'll have a link to that interview where you guys can uh, check that out a little bit more and learn a little bit more on the inside of uh, a Pitchfork Festival from from their uh, president. So. Um, but that's all about Pitchfork, guys. And again, if you're, you know, Colin and I will be out there uh, having fun, uh, you know, in the sun and, you know, the moonlight and all that kind of stuff, uh, checking out the show. Uh, if you guys are out there, um, stop us, say hello, you know. and Tweet us. We'll tweet come us. find you. Yeah. Yeah, tweet us. Uh, my, my Twitter handle is at 
uh, Chris Catania. It's uh, C H R I S C A T A N I A. So that's and we would love mine. to do an on-site fan interview. Absolutely, I will have my, my I will have my recording equipment there. We'll be talking with fans, uh, vendors, uh, artists, you know, things like that. Uh, so stay tuned for future episodes. You know, where we'll be sharing some of those interviews with you, uh, with you guys to kind of uh, chronicle that, celebrate it, and you know, kind of understand what what fans liked and what they didn't like about about Pitchfork. So that about does it for uh, for Pitchfork. Uh, previewing all this kind of stuff and now um now it's time to get into the expectations you know we, we've talked a lot about pitchfork and what we're expecting now we're going to actually uncover what what are our expectations what, what what the heck is this stuff you know why do we love this why do we look forward to concerts so much right so here's a track with uh from bell and sebastian uh properly titled expectations and uh on the flip side of this song we're going to get into expectations, so uh, stay tuned, and we'll see you in just a bit. Monday morning, wake up now Gotta go to school Tell your mum what to expect She said it's right out of the blue Do you wanna work at Debenhams? Cause that's what they expect Starting laundry And Doris is your supervisor And the headset that you always wear A queer one from the start For careers you say you wanna be Remembered for your art Your obsession gets you known Throughout the school for being strange Making life-size models of the velvet underground in play In the queue for lunch they take the piss you got no appetite And the rumour is you never go with boys and you are tight So they trap you with a fork You drop a tray and go berserk While you're cleaning up the mess The teacher's looking up your skull Hey, you've been used Are you calm, settled? Thing to try. Hey, you can use 
Live Fix Radio, and we're talking about expectations. Uh, that was a good song by Bell and Sebastian. Uh, good, good call on that one, Kyle. Thanks, and yeah. I, and I think what we're gonna just to start out is we're gonna define expectation. Yes. What the the dictionary says, dictionary.com, what they are claiming the definition is of expectation. Yes. And they're saying it's a strong belief that something will happen or be the case. In the future. Yes. Okay. For example, an expectation that the government will provide the resources. Okay. Okay. And what we're doing here too is that we're gonna get, we're gonna you know first we're defining it and then we're going to do the you know, top five expectations that concert fans have when you go to a show. We kind of sat down, put our heads together, and we came up with five. So we're gonna get into that now. So, so, Colleen, you've defined it. And uh, are you happy with that definition? Do you think that's a – does that make sense for what we're talking about? Um, I think it's very broad, but, you know, I think we can, we can look at how that affects our live music experience. What do you, and how do you think that, you know, factors in as far as, you know, psychologically and, you know, things that, uh, you know, how expectations, you know, factor in? Well, I think, you know, expectations are really just thoughts, Okay, it's a thought that you have, a belief that you have, but beliefs are thoughts, right? Uh-huh. And usually um, the you know, feeling of, wow, my expectation was not met is another thought. Uh-huh. Okay, and that's, that's based on what you're thinking in your head is an expectation and, and where it lacked or where it didn't lack. Okay. Um, and so what happens, unfortunately, is that not only do people have these thoughts, but sometimes they can turn into behaviors hmm. right so um you think oh this concert sucked so i'm gonna start a riot <laughs> right that's right. as simple as it is as simple as it could be right a person who you're sitting you know, at a rage against the machine and bam. or another one this concert sucks so i'm gonna leave uh-huh. and therefore you get up and leave i mean how many times have you watched a bulls game <laughs> i'll say bulls because that's chicago's team yeah and they're doing horrible and there's Two minutes left, and you start seeing all the fans getting up and leaving. Right. Okay, so initially their thought is they're not going to win, they're not going to come back. And, and usually that, for a Bulls fan, the expectation is they always win. So their expectation is, is um, not at par, not good. Unlike, you know? unlike Cub fans where even if they're losing, people still stay to the very last pitch. Uh, sometimes, right? sometimes <laughs> I don't know. But with with live music fans, especially with new artists, opening artists, you know, you can go, "Oh, this band sucks," and you walk away. But what if you pay, you know you paid, you know, well, we're kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves, but okay. So we got this, so we we, we got this uh, this groundwork foundation, you know, figured out here, right? And now there's some people who their expectation is quite low going into They don't know the band, so they have no expectations for it. And then uh, the band does awesome. So their expectation rises, and the action I believe that they would take from that thought is they're going to go buy their CD. They're going to go on and meet that artist. Um, well, the reason they're going to go happened, see that artist again. Right. And the reason that happened was because they had a low threshold. Of expectation. They had, yes. They had a low expectation, low thought. 
this band, they didn't know much about the band. No point in reference. No previous experience with these with this band, or no mo- no emotional history with the band. Correct. Clean slate. Expectations have a greater chance in those situations of being high, right? Right. And when we're talking about expectations, we're just talking about that individual. We're not even talking about the environment or the concert venue. Right. Just inside the we're person's head. We're talking about the person, their thoughts. Right. Cognitive situation, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So we got that defined, right? Yeah. So let's get into uh, our, our list here, okay? We got uh, we we have five five uh, expectations. You know, we we whittled them down. Actually, we had a lot more, but we you know for the sake of time here, we we have five. So the and this there there are no particular order, okay? We just listed them out. They're not top five or whatever. You know, number one is not the not the first. All right, no particular order. So the very first one we have here is when you go to a show, you expect the band to show up, right? Right. Obviously, two things are going to happen there. Maybe three. Obviously, one, the band does show up, and they play a great show, right? Two, like Rihanna, with, with fans, what recently happened with Rihanna, where the fire broke out in the lighting rig, the show hadn't even started yet. There was like an hour wait for the band, for her to get on stage. She never even got on stage. So the band never Kanye showed up. Kanye West is another one who's notorious for he's oh, been late to yeah. a few shows. Oh, yeah, Bonnaroo, he, four hours, I think over four hours, he kept fans waiting and eventually showed up and, you know, but, yeah. So expectation one is that the band is showing up. You paid your money, they're going to show up, right? You hope, that's the case. Right. Now, you could also have a situation where you're at a show and rumor is that someone's going to show up and they don't. That's still an expectation as well. So, for instance... Um, the band, you mean? Uh, the band, or they, you think maybe they're going to have someone else. Um, Perez Hilton had a oh, after-party yeah. I, event. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yep. And there was a bunch of um, bands that played. And the rumor was... Rumors. That his best friend, Lady Gaga, was going to be there. And she was yeah. playing Lollapalooza that year. Yep. And, of course, everyone thought she was going to come. And everyone stayed the last minute. That was and amazing no, how like no that, Lady Gaga. Yeah, that that kept people there. No Lady Gaga. That was at amazing. All. That that sheer expectation of like who is this mystery guest? You know who who was gonna show up? Like that kept us there. It kept photographers there. It kept people there that ordinarily probably wouldn't have hung around. But the expectation of seeing someone there, like it it, it was that hook in, in the mind. Like to your point earlier, that thought linked to that behavior kept the people there. Interesting. Good good point, Kyle. We did not talk about that in our uh, previous show notes. But, uh, or, you know, previous show prep or whatever you call it. All right, so, so expectation number one, the band shows up. Expectation number two, performance. You expect the band to play good, right? I mean, you go to a show, you don't expect a crappy you show. You hope they play the right chords. <laughs> At least. <laughs> right. Or they play, you know, they at least play three or, or you know, a mixture of three chords, right? And some or rhythm. lip sync, lip sync if they have to. Ah, yes, backing tracks. Yes. So you go to a show to expect the band to play good. When they don't, what are some behaviors that people do? Boo. They, <laughs> they boo at them. They boo, right? 
And, you know, to, to Dave Grohl's They look point, over at their friend and they say, this guy sucks. Yeah, this band right? sucks. You do. You say, what the frick? Get this. Get, who, who is this? You know, or, damn, these guys are... And we've had know? a few situations where people actually have thrown stuff at the artists. Yeah. We have been at some shows where uh-huh. they were so disappointed they threw stuff. Yeah. So that's another thing. You got the expectation. <coughs> Excuse me. You got the expectation. doesn't get met. You have that thought. That thought turns into a negative behavior, which is flinging something, whether it be, you know, uh, some type of projectile, you know, uh, flipping somebody the bird, flicking them off, yelling at them, heckling them, things like that. We've been to hip hop shows before where people started heckling. What was it? Uh, Rhyme Fest. Remember that? The hideout. They started heckling him, and they heckled him right off the stage. I mean, that was pretty remarkable, you know. And there was an expectation that he was going to play a little bit longer. I wanted him to keep playing, and all of a sudden, somebody started heckling him, he closed up shop, and left. So he stopped. Stopped playing. You know? Expectation number two was taken away. Damn, was that frustrating. Right? I so, think we've all been there. Every live music fan has been there, where they their expectation has not... Um, their expectations have been high, and they've not been met. Right. All right. So expectation number one, band shows up. Expectation number two, band plays good. Expectation number three, now this is a big one. This is a big one. The band plays your favorite song. I mean, you go to a show, you, 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 you know, whether you're playing the CD or the MP3 or whatever, uh, in, in the car, on the way there, you're waiting there, you're, you know, you've been on that song. Like tomorrow at 4.35 or somewhere between 4.35 and 5.15, I really hope that Tune Yards plays the song Paula, because I freaking love that song, and I'm expecting to see it. And, and what hear will it. happen to you if, if they don't? I, I will be disappointed. I will be I will be greatly disappointed. And I'm glad you asked that question because that's you know that's a huge a huge thing you know. And I understand. Like for example, an artist with like uh, Bob Dylan, classic example. He doesn't play songs the same. You know, he doesn't see the songs as just, you know, reproductions of the studio. You know, you don't go to a Bob Dylan show to hear your favorite song exactly as it was on the show or uh, on the CD. You know, you might go to a U2 show to, to do that, and they deliver that kind of experience. But fans go to a show, and they expect to hear their favorite song by that band. Now, one of the interesting things that I've been following, Florence, um, Florence in the Machine, um, Live Nation has an app that tracks all their performances and tracks all the set lists. And I was curious on the set list of, of where, you know, um, where they're playing and, and, and if, if the, the same song is being played at the end every time because expectation, this is kind of connected to it, is that um, fans expect an encore. You know, uh, that wasn't always in the live music history. That was always something that happened. Uh, there used to be, you know, fan, bands didn't always play an encore. You know, they kind of, fans had to earn that. You know, the bands had to earn that, vice versa. They didn't do it. So I looked at Florence and the Machine, and they played the Dog Days of Summer, the last song of every, almost every tour stop. They're playing the Dog Days Are Gone or Dog Days Are Here. It's their big song. It's one of my favorites. Florence and song. So fans are going to that show. They're expecting to hear that song and they're delivering on it. So, you know, 
you go to a show, you want to hear your favorite song, right? So that's expectation number three. Number four, um, why don't you talk a little bit about this one, Kyle? Because you, you kind of pointed out this about uh, the Dave Grohl situation and, you know, and some other things that, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, when, when a band actually, you know, looks up and, you know, acknowledges... Oh, yeah, you know, I think that um, bands... It's a special thing when that happens. Well, I think fans always want to hear the band say, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming out tonight. It's great seeing you out there. You're a beautiful-looking crowd. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, you want to hear that from the... You want to hear that from the bands. Right. Especially if you have some kind of connection with the band. There's a song that's changed the way that you look at life or changed your outlook on life. Right. Um, Maybe it's a song that's brought you from a horrible time in your life to a good place, you know, you want them to acknowledge that you came out and saw them live. Right. You paid the money, especially the smaller venues. I think fans are a little bit more picky. It's so important. I I always think that about a band when they come in, especially a young band or a new artist or, I mean, even Lady Gaga, you know, again, I know we're going back to Lady Gaga again. She she does it well. But at Lollapalooza, she, 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 she... I mean, she kept saying, Chicago, it's great to be here. Chicago, you know, she said a couple of things I'm right. not going to repeat. Get, right. It, when it does get kind of trite, you know, it is kind of, you know, hey, you know, it's even the joke of, you know, artists playing in a city and they say the wrong city, you know, and they're like, you know, you're not in Chicago, you're in New York, you know, and they say the wrong city. But fans expect to say an artist to acknowledge them. It's a huge part of the, of the experience. It's like walking into a room. If you walked into a room... And no one acknowledged your presence. I mean, that's pretty crappy, you know? Because, and then part of it is that the, that the artist acknowledges the fans, and when the fans clap, they're acknowledging the artist. Yeah. So there is communication back and forth throughout the show. Right. You know, and sometimes fans will even yell, I love you, or, yeah. you know, come back to Chicago, or... Um, you know, play that song. I mean, there is that. And, and again, a lot more of this happens at smaller venues, but they happen at the big venues too. Right. They happen at the big festivals. You know, we've seen it. We hear it. Um, another way that uh, an artist may respond to the and that's huge to the crowd. It's huge is you know stage diving, right? Yeah. Jumping out there and trusting the fans won't drop them. Trusting they're not going to grab them. Trusting that they're, they're going expecting to. to- to be appropriate with be them, supported be by supportive, them. Um, and so that I mean, those are things that there's that that communication that happens, and sometimes it's nonverbal, sometimes it's verbal. Right. Yeah, and it, you go to a show, and you you know you expect these things. You know, it's it's, it's big, and and one of the things I've noticed in the shows that we go to is that when some of these things don't happen, man, is it, it it's awkward. You know, there's a there's an awkwardness. And there's a, you know, the show isn't as fluid, you know, and, and sometimes that's good. You know, sometimes you go to a show and some of these expectations don't get met and it kind of adds a nice like edge to the show. You know, there's something going on non-verbally with, with, between the band and the fan, you know, and, and even if, if, if the, the fans don't acknowledge the band, you, you start to see, you know, a lot of the stuff going on with, uh, you know, the fan getting, ang- the band getting anxious and saying, "Hey, what the hell? I can't hear you," you know. And hip hop artists are notorious for saying, you know, "Get your hands in the air," you know, and all the call and response kind of stuff. So that, that's a that's an expectation. So that's number four. And and to wrap this up, um, the you know number number five is 
concert buddies, is related to concert buddies, is that when you go to a show, a lot of us expect the other person to enjoy the show just as much as she, as we did. But does that always happen, Colleen? Not always. No? no. There's been plenty of shows that I've gone to that my friend is not liking it or you're not liking it. Yeah. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. I mean, yeah. there there was a time, and we talked before the show, and you, you, you said I could share this story, right? Sure. Right? Sure. <laughs> it's a really funny story, but it's, it's related to the expectation that, man, when I go to a show, like, I, I really, really love to be, you know, somewhat spiritually, you know, intellectually connected with the music, but also with, you know, with Colleen, you know, and having having that experience with you, you know, with that. But... My brain's wired up a lot differently than yours is, and the music that we like often does not connect, and we, we don't share a lot of the same you know, likes in music. Case in point, we went to see Polly Sykes, a Japanese um, pop band, uh, crazy guys, like free, crazy band. I, I love them. Um, but Colleen, you did. Loud and obnoxious. To me, it was loud and obnoxious. <laughs> right. And I, I know, loved it. Wasn't it. I, it was like ice cream. I wanted to spend my Friday or Thursday night listening to. Yeah, I, I couldn't get enough of them. But I promised to photograph it. Right. So I photographed the band, like yeah. I said I would. Right. That was my job. And then I chose to uh, go downstairs at uh, the, the, the Double Door. They yep. have the, kind of a top floor and a bottom floor. And the there's couches. Area down, lounge underneath, areas. Right? Underneath, right? I went down there and I yeah, decided to uh, that, take a little you know? nap on the couch while they were playing. You know, I, I don't I didn't see anything wrong with that. But man that was, was that, my experience. Man was that frustrating for me because I'm like, How could you not like this band? you know, and I was like expecting you to do that. When you go to a show, it's like a date, you know, it's like a it's like a it's like a two hour marriage, you know, of you're you're going there, you're experiencing it, and you're like, you know, one person you know, may like the band more or not, but there's an expectation that, man, I want you to experience the same thing I'm experiencing in my heart and my mind, you know, and it really doesn't, sometimes it doesn't happen. And boy, it, it, it didn't happen at all with Polly Sykes. You know, the worst I went downstairs I and I thing. saw her sleeping on the couch, and little no, the band walks by uh, a couple of moments after the show and sees her, you know, with her camera in her lap, uh, snoozing away, and I'm just looking at her going, yeah, that's my wife. Yeah. Well, I think the worst really thing is when you're with friends. <laughs> you know, you plan this thing with fr- a friend, and you go there, and they just want to leave because they just aren't having fun. That's probably the worst. And, and I remember, you know, having that more in college and, and being around, um, you know, friends, and they, you know, th- we'd go to the show, and it's like, we, I hate this. I want to leave. You know, you drove with them. You had to leave with them. You just wasted your time, your experience, you know. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough when when the person you're with isn't enjoying it. If it's Man. a spouse, a girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, it's uh, not as fun. Yeah, these uh, these uh, you know expectations are um, are really really huge, you know, and that's why we're talking about them. And you know, we're uh, we're just about done uh, with uh, with this with this episode. But um, we encourage you guys to you know if you have some more expectations, you want to add to this list, go to livefixblog.com, go to these show notes, and drop a comment. Or you know, go to the about page and send us an email. Subscribe to the newsletter. Um, you know, do whatever you got to do. And hopefully, we met all your expectations with this podcast. Hopefully, I hope we did. It's a good point, Kyle. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's important. As fellow live music fans, we want to meet your expectations. 
with this podcast, and we hope we do. If we don't, you better tell us, and you know, we we, we want to know. Our goal is to meet your expectations. So that about does it for us. We're gonna play some more music. We got about you know some more tracks for you from uh, celebrating Pitchfork Music Festival. So uh, stay tuned and. Uh, again, have fun at the show. If you guys are going to the Pitchfork, see you there. Share your experiences. Share them on Facebook uh, slash Live Fix. And share us on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Spread the love. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Confidence and ignorance approve me. Define my day today. I've tried so hard to shut it down. Lock it up. Gently walk away Appetites and impulses confuse me Decide my day, today Now my body says it's over Shaking hands move to tear my face away And when the night comes I'm fiending like a pyro and I know Stable's my survival When there's music all around me And I haven't got a single word to say And then the light shines It's gleaming like a bottle And love knows I tackle it full throttle May I illuminate The nameless, faceless saints Of these odd and open graves
Say 